It's a lot of fun. Keep it fun. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the UK Packers podcast. As usual, I'm your host at NFL on Twitter. And of course, follow the group at UK Packers. And as usual, I'm joined by Meow Buddy. Meow. At Ryan Peacock NFL. What's going on, buddy? I'm good. And it's, uh, well, it's good to be back, to be honest. But I do have to pick one fault in your introduction. Uh, the very meaning of as usual would mean it was something that occurred fairly often. Um, or, or in some sort of order with regularity. Yeah. Um, I don't want to be that guy, but um, I guess I've just been that guy. You have been that guy. And do you know what hurts? I think what hurts the most is that I've been doing the podcast now because um, you've been doing the, the home improvements and flying back and forth to different countries and stuff with the job. And uh, we recently got some messages in saying, uh, uh, does Ryan not do the podcast anymore? It's only been months. It's only been months of me talking to, you know, myself mostly. Uh, but, you know, we had Kenny Clark on, some authors, some uh, media personnel, and only now, oh, Ryan, yeah. people... I don't know whether that's actually an insult to you now that I think about it. Um, it's just Ryan not do it anymore. No, no, no. Like, I mean, look, I, I, found, I found it far more enjoyable uh, without my voice on because uh, I didn't have to listen to my own voice. So uh, I, I enjoyed it. And the ones you did with the players, uh, they were... They were uh, let's, let's use smashing. Smashing interviews. Well, speaking of smashing, so, we need to... Um, I, I enjoyed it. Well, thank you very much. Big shoes to follow. In fact, they're following your shoes, which was big shoes to follow. I, You're a very big man. What, Kenny Clark follows in my shoes? Yeah. Is that? No. Yeah. Edit that out, I suppose. Uh, anyways, <laughs> so I I thought to myself, um, obviously you've been doing a lot of work on the podcast mm. and been doing some great shows and I've loved them. And I thought I owed you a little present to say thank you. So I went Go on. onto the intraweb and found you something that I think you'll hold very dear uh, for probably the rest of, of, of at least this month. <laughs> yeah. I thought you were going to say life. You, so, now, this, yeah. I don't like surprises at all, right? I used to. Well, I'll tell you I'm, what, because I've got some clues ready. Oh, come on. I've got some clues ready, so uh, you can play, and, and the folks at home can play along too. Um, <laughs> this, Answers on the screen. This is, I mean, as... As you know, we've been getting more and more into the 1919 Club and, and, and the shop and, and signed merch and all that. And, and there'll be more to come on that later, I'm sure. Sounds promising. So okay, I thought, on. I'm going to go out. Now, I know you've got a big thing for this certain player. Um, and the number 80 is certainly synonymous in Packers history, right, at the moment. Yeah. And you would say that in Green Bay, there's a, probably a statue, maybe outside a brewery or something, of that this particular player. And so I went out and... and got you something from that player now don't play with my emotions right because donald driver it, that's a good present but i think this could be justin perillo <laughs> and is there a statue of justin perillo because well, if there is i need to be there well remember how um you've, you've seen the, the carlsberg adverts right carlsberg possibly one of the how have i got back onto alcohol already um yeah, I was gonna say, carlsberg possibly one of the worst beers in the world no, yeah. no, no. I have a Coca-Cola Zero Sugar because here at UK Packer Studios, we have been hit by the sugar tax as well. <laughs> um, I'm paint on your wall tax because I've seen you're sitting in a non-plastered room. Do you have the sugar tax in Ireland? Yeah, because it's a European yeah. thing, right? Yeah. No? Bare minimum. Yeah, well, we, do, we don't believe in that. We, we just drink potato juice. Potato juice is all we drink. That's all I'm saying. 
Uh, yeah, but don't you'd never want more sh- more than more than a teaspoonful of sugar in your potato juice. <laughs> no, that is true. That's accurate. Yeah, that's, that's fair. I've I've seen the recipe. Um, anyway, so um, I don't even know where we were. Basically, I bought you a present, and uh, it's a famous eighty. See, I I don't even. That's I'm no closer <laughs> to know what to know what Did it Martellus. is. No, Did Martellus, where are you? If huh? Did you buy me some signed toilet paper? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> Something I got to use to yeah, it's, wipe me out. It's eighty sheets of toilet paper. <laughs> Each one. But the good news is, it's toilet. already on its way. It's already on its way across the Irish Sea. Um, <clears> so it's it, it, you'll find out, I guess, tomorrow or whenever the dust cart turns up and. Uh, See, whatever else delivers your post over there. You see, I want to complain about the racial abuse, the discrimination that Irish people face at the hands of the British. Uh, but I also mentioned potato juice just two seconds ago, so I don't think I'm in a position to do that. I'm not. You kind of did it yourself. Yeah. yeah. By myself, so I would dispute uh, why it was called the Irish Sea and, you know, not the English Sea. But then you'd have to say, why is the English Channel just the English Channel and not the French Channel? French so Channel. I'm just going to stay with what we got on that one. Yeah, we get the cellophile-fueled ocean full of seven-eyed fish and you get the sexy, if you swim long enough, you get French wine, sea, channel. So, yeah. <laughs> have, you been, have you been to northern France? No. Um, yeah, kind of. It's not great. Normandy and all that kind of lark where you go in and you, you go to the Normandy beaches for the D-Day landings and all the rest. Been there. Yeah, yeah it's not really... I think I went there on a school trip. Do you do yeah. that? Yeah, it's not conducive to wine drinking yeah. both because you, well, I was 14 and also with the amount of... Um, you know, death oh, right. spoken about on the so beach. So you went, you went to school right up, right up to completion, did you? You didn't have to come off and work on the farms before that. No. <laughs> this is bad. Look, at, you're just on the podcast, pal. All right. I've been Look, saving this up. Been saving it up for a few months. You know. What I mean? So, okay, right. End of. End of. End of. So, right. Give us an update on the gaff. Are Next you, topic. I imagine you sitting in your room with raindrops dropping on your head. You know, is is it bad? Are you living in one room of the house? Do you sleep in the bathtub? Um, where are we at with it? Uh, well, currently the room we're in, where I've managed to set up some sort of studio space, uh, has no plaster on the walls. Right. Um, we're down to bare floorboards, where I can see downstairs. and um, But it does have a ceiling. Of <laughs> So, very positive. And... A lovely Victorian fireplace that I found. Um, so yeah, there you go. Most of the house is a building site. I think think we have uh, even one room completed. Yeah. But uh, it, at least now it's somewhere we can have electricity. So. Well, I, I, for know a moment what? there, it was like living in Ireland only ten years ago. Yeah, pretty much. Or now. Because <laughs> no, the thing is, is I was. I said it was the end of it. I had one more. <laughs> Right. <laughs> so the thing is, is I was thinking that maybe the house wasn't that bad. Maybe you're just being dramatic. Maybe you just don't like me, Ryan. Maybe you don't like doing the podcast. Maybe you're, you know, you're just you're sick of it all. But then uh, you sent an email from the, the UK Packers thing uh, mistakenly instead of your own. And you talked about uh, replacing the whole roof. So I was like, the guy's dead serious. <laughs> I started thinking, replacing a roof. Is that yep. still a runner? Have you replaced said roof? Or can we expect sort so... of... Bricks falling. No, not yet. So I'll tell you where that started. I went up into the loft to think, say, because uh, I thought, I wonder if the loft is boarded for a bit of sort storage space. Um, yeah. Because if not, I'll pop down to Wix. Um, or do you have Wix in Ireland? Other retailers are available. Other retailers are available. Fair enough. 
Um, and I'll get some loft boards and we'll just bang them up there and I can put all the stuff up there and, and get it out of the way. And then I got up there and realised that one of the main beams in the in the roof had rotten and was broken in half. Oh, and there was at least four or five wasps' nests and one of the other beams had also was rotten and not far from splitting. So now all the roof's got to come off, all the beams have got to be replaced and the roof's got to go back on again. Ah. And, have and that, you... of course, is on top of the boiler failing at one point, so we had no hot water. And at one point as well, I cut what I believed to be the wire from the doorbell to the ringer. Right? <laughs> now, doorbell to the ringer should be on like a battery, right? Yeah. So I cut the cable to find that they've only gone and wired it into the mains electricity on a piece of what can be described as speaker cable, no thicker than your iTunes uh, headphones cable. And, um, yeah, blew my knife to pieces, and I'm not particularly sure how I didn't get electrocuted. So it's, it's been fun so far. Well, DIY sure sounds great. Um, yeah, and uh, so good luck with that one. <laughs> I don't know if we're going to be alive. So yep. this might be your one and only podcast appearance. Um, well, come here. So that, that's all your news, and hopefully we're going to get you back regular. You are mad busy um, with work, but we're going to try to work around the schedule because Packers football is back baby and let's go through some Packer news because we want to get on to a bit of a Titans recap we want to talk about Kelly and Mac of course we can't but not mm-hmm. um, bit of Steelers preseason a little bit of a, a tiny, just a teeny bit of Steelers <laughs> preview uh, but let's get on to some Packers news and I want because there's one the really hot topic that is absolutely blowing our private Facebook group asunder like this thing there's a long thread it's getting very political at this stage um, I don't know how I feel about it I know how I feel about the actual topic but I don't know how I feel about the fact that it's just been hijacked and there's people killing each other but before we get there and I know you have strong opinions about that let's talk some news it's mostly about injury news Nick Perry Aaron Jones practicing on their own more uh, which is good news Nick Perry's about to come off the pup um, Whitehead is the only other player who seems like you know pretty injured and isn't practicing Bolaga taking live reps now uh, we, he had that ACL injury uh, Rhino D-back Agent 69 is in pads, taking it slow with the ankle. Uh, Mickey McDaniels uh, is that quad injury. Uh, Mo Wilkerson practicing Cobb, ankle, king, shoulder. J.R. Alexander, groin, a lot of groin injuries. People are getting very sexy at practice. Um, they're all practicing in some form. Um, are you concerned at all, Ryan, of what you're, what you're seeing here with the, just the multitude of injuries? And can you say we've been lucky not to sustain a serious injury <laughs> at the same time as looking at David Bakhtiari with that sort of, you know, ankle sprain and we God knows when he's going to be back? So the way I see this one is um, we've, we're, we're kind of being treated early this year. Normally we have to wait until around about week five, six, seven until everybody gets injured. But we're just getting out of the way now. <laughs> so we can get all the little niggles out of the way now, all come back healthy, be ready for week one and start our run to the Super Bowl. But... I think there's there's a couple in there which which are a concern. I mean, Balaga, as as we all know, is a great player, but he seems to have an injury bug or or an unlucky streak, whatever you want to call it. And the Green Bay Packers need Brian Balaga. Mm. The O line need him. I'm still not 100 percent sure on the depth, although I hope that these preseason games prove us wrong. Um, but I, it's a shame because he really could be. Um, talked about the same level for me as the David Bakhtiari um, and, and you know, the TJ Langs and, and uh, the Josh Sittens in the past. Mm. He could be at that level where he is that guy, but 
the more and more time he spends on the sideline and trying to get over these injuries, obviously it, it hurts him. Um, and obviously that that's the thing first, is it? remember he's a player first, so it hurts him, but it, it does hurt the Packers. Um, so he's he's the concern. I think, yeah, Nick Perry's back practising. A um, few others are sort of in and out with minor things. Um, you know, there's... I don't think there's too much yet to worry about. But again, it seems to be some of the same names. And, and obviously, Balaga is one of, one of those. Yeah, I think what concerns me is the likes of Cobb. I mean, we've seen how his production drops heavily, um, as any wide receiver skill position player would when it comes to, you know, foot injuries, ankle injuries, uh, shoulders, and like that. You know, like we've seen Jordy play through a rib injury, which we know was um, ridiculously painful for him at the time uh, since buggered off to the Raiders. Um, it's concerning like King with the shoulder and then like I was saying on last week's podcast it was like the shoulder and I was like oh no not again like his poor shoulder did, like he's had it surgically repaired it was a problem in college and they're like no 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 it's the other shoulder I was like oh thank god and I was like hold on yeah. <laughs> I was kind of thinking that's not a good thing um, yeah so now so he's I, got two bum shoulders yeah. two bum shoulders yeah and that, that's kind of worrying and as you say mm. about Bulaga I mean you know being paid massive money final year of the contract people sort of said you know maybe we should cut our losses he's injury prone the fact that this is the the opposite ACL than the last one in 2013, wasn't it? Um, so what is it? You know, you're at a massive risk, really, of injuring the other one when you come back from an injury like this. And he's taking live reps. Um, so, he's, again, he's still very much in the danger zone. And like people have been pointing out um, in the wisdom of online, is D-back... Why am I calling him that? It's like Gmo has been coming out as well, Adriana Madison. Um, so David Bakhtiari, with you know this high ankle sprain, they've sort of alluded to the fact that some of these players have been out all season with it, um, which is concerning. And another one that's came up as well, which I don't know why it's got so much press. I guess it's because it's a person taking up a roster spot. Uh, but offensive lineman, fifth round offensive lineman Cole Madison is out for the foreseeable future with the Packers offering their full support. Another one, Ryan, that sort of sort of reeks of, God, there's something more serious going on here. Like what happened with Haha Clinton Dix when he took his hiatus. Um, you know, earlier this year, people were like, oh, with his play last year, he should be really turning up. But you never really know what's going on in these guys' personal lives, but really not a good sign with, with kind of what's coming out to say. They don't know how long it's going to last, but they're they're offering his full support. God only knows what's happening with the guy. Yeah, and hopefully it's it's nothing too serious, and he can get back to just uh, playing some football. Mm. Um, but yeah, you'd have to think there must be more to that for him to just be away from the team. Um, but I guess there's no point in speculating about any of it. We just just give him the time. Yeah, and again, something that I want to pick your brain on as well. Uh, it's been in the news, and you know, people have been tweeting about it to death and sharing the video and stuff like that, but. Um, we've sort of spoke recently on the podcast, haven't we, about A-Rod's, you know, personal persona that he's coming out and he's he's more fun-loving. But we really saw him get super annoyed at when he was doing the scout team, which is effectively an, an exercise for the defense. Yeah. Uh, you know, and he came out and said that, you know, was piss poor. Uh, do you like that from A-Rod? Did, were you taken back by it? Do you think it's going to have the desired effect? Do you think he would regret saying something like that? I mean, what's your take on on one of the best ever to no. come out? and Because do you know what was funny? And I, 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 I know I ask like five minute questions, but it's kind of like that joke where it's kind of like, um, <laughs> I want you all to leave the room. Don't worry, you, I take notes all the way through them. Right, and accept, and accept mm-hmm. you, and accept you. And it's like he literally went through and picked out all the veteran guys and Kumaro, who's like the you know yeah. the train camp stud, and literally picked on the on the new guys. Is sure. this significant or just an off season story? No, um, no, I think it's significant in the fact that sometimes people have questioned his leadership, and there's different ways of being a leader, and um, 
some, you know, certainly being a leader isn't to just uh, sort of mug everybody off on the team and have a pop at people. But Jay um, sometimes being a leader is, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, sometimes though, being a leader is recognizing that someone's not putting it in, not pulling their weight, not paying enough attention in the classroom, uh, more interested in their Instagram followers or whatever. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. There's a lot of players, I guess, probably get to this stage of go, I've made it, I'm at the NFL. Well, sometimes you need that reminder that there's a hell of a lot of work to do yet. And I think um, the Kumaro thing actually plays into this. So obviously, as you know, we drafted a number of receivers mm. and we have a lot of young receivers uh, that are new to the team this year. But we also have a lot of younger receivers that are already on the roster going back a couple of years as well. Um, so there's quite a lot of young guys there. And, and really... That sort of pressure and that competition should breed that everybody pushes one another to get going. So if that's not happening, he has to call that out. So I think the Kumaro thing actually plays into this because there is a young guy, um, someone that played at Whitewater, um, not a particularly heralded guy, someone that's not supposed to make an NFL squad, if if you know what I mean. Mm. And Aaron Rodgers, star of the quarterback, greatest to ever play the position, comes out and he's heaping praise on this guy and telling everybody else they need to do more so I think that's kind of I'm not saying that the Kumaro praise is false but what I am saying is you know Kumaro's earned that praise uh, he did brilliantly the other night in the preseason game uh, against the Titans but I think it's a way of pulling those other guys up and saying look just because you guys got drafted it doesn't mean you're any higher up the depth chart yet you're not any more highly thought of than any other guy on this roster and if you come in and put the work in um, you work your butts off, you know, practice the, the stuff in the classroom as well as the stuff on the field, then that's what gets you attention. That's what's going to get you on the field. And I think it's it's all working in together to get more out of that young core. And I mean, I don't know what, I, I don't subscribe to the notion because you know what, the first thing people were saying when he came out and said it was, oh, well, here he is, he's getting back at the Packers organisation for letting Jordy go. And I'm like, no, I don't think that's it at all. Like the thing is, is first off, and this is according to Aaron Nagler and Ryan Wood, they came out um, on Nagler's podcast and said, and these lads have boots on the ground here, you know, and they're watching these practices go on. And they said, anybody who's under the illusion that Geronimo Allison isn't number, the wide receiver number three is delusional. He definitely is. And we can kind of see that through Aaron's comments, right, that he sort of picks out, you know, Devontae, Cobb and Geronimo Allison and everyone else following behind. So we kind of see Jay Kumaro, but... The interesting thing for me is is that he called out, you know, Scantling and Jamon Moore um, and um, Equinemius St. Brown. But where's Trevor Davis on all of this? And isn't that the interesting thing? A guy who's on returns. And that's what I think we can really all take from this preseason is that we can easily see how injuries happen. Cobb has, he's currently carrying that sort of ankle um, injury. Uh, he, you know, he got that operation done to hopefully, you know, it's, it's all meant to be precautionary. But Ryan, it's fascinating to see what's going to happen at this wide receiver position because unlike in prior years where you had, you know, Jordy Cobb, Adams, and then the lads uh, behind them, Jeff Janis was going to get a spot, even though he was questionable on route running and all this kind of um, cliched stuff. But we really don't know what's going to happen with these wide receivers. And in fact, they're not even grading at where, you know, they got drafted. We see... According to the experts there and the analysts, they say Jamon Moore is coming in at best with the rookies. Um, Equinemius St. Brown is ahead of Valdez Scantling, even though we saw Valdez Scantling come in and have a big showing against the Titans. Um, I don't know. I don't know how you see this thing pan but, out. But because... that's, that's the problem. That's the problem with preseason games, though, isn't it? 
So yeah. sorry to cut across you there, but I think that point you just made there, that's the problem with pre-season games because um, I'll take you back to last year and it probably links in a little bit to boil the quarterback this year, mm. is uh, I think we were ready to crown Taysom Hill as the backup. Yeah. Uh, coming off the last off-season, right? And I think he's done it. Last I heard, is he at the Saints or something? And he's, he's on the roster or he was on the roster for the Saints. Yeah, done a great job at the Saints. Um, so, you know, he he obviously was good, but we were, we were ready to give him the number two job. Now, some may argue, looking back at last season, they want to revisit all that again, but they might argue that he maybe should have been the number two guy, but let's not get into it. So I think it's very hard because the preseason is, um, you know, you can go in there and you can have a big play. The, the mistakes are going to be made, especially preseason one. Very different to take it from the practice field and scrimmage against teammates to actually playing against an opposition. So there will be performances come out and... and you know, he will do it. I'll, I know I'll do it. Where I'll go, right, that guy's on the roster. And then he'll get cut. Or, or, or you know, or somebody that you're not even looking at suddenly makes the... So it's very hard to predict right now what's going to happen. But I do think as well, going back to uh, Trevor Davis, his risk will be on this on this roster and going into this year. We've really only seen him on the returns. Mm. He hasn't... I know he's had uh, he's had little bits here and there receiving, but we haven't really seen it. Um, so if you can get a guy coming and he's just as good on the returns, then then what what have you got left in Trevor Davis? Because the guys they brought in are all incredibly quick. We saw that, you know. So Trevor Davis is one that's really going to have to work hard this year to to prove that he's worth a spot on the roster. And it is fascinating what's happening with Jake Kumaro. And I know it's kind of a buzz thing. And it, do you know what? These storylines to me get very old. When we talk about Martellus Bennett last year, people are like, oh, he's so weird and quirky. And I'm kind of like, yeah, well, I'm sick about, I'm sick of hearing about it now. Like these, these people, oh, surprise, surprise, are people and they've other interests, you know. Um, but I guess it leads us nicely into this sort of Titans recap. So the Packers win 31-17. The game's at Lambeau. Um, I think they've won, you know, four consecutive um, preseason games, the first game of the preseason um, we can take an awful lot from these games, but we can also take nothing at all in, in a way. I think for certain position groups, it's very important. And I know that kind of sounds like a non-phrase, but I'll sort of explain it from, in my opinion anyway. I don't think, like for instance, right? It's all right. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be on our next T-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> these, yeah. <laughs> these podcasts mean everything and also nothing at all. Um, if you, I think what these yeah. preseason games, the only thing that they'll do, I think in my mind, because like you raised the point of Taysom Hill, right? So he was... He's meant to be this kind of athletic freak. He was good on special teams, good at tackling, um, had an arm. You know, he understood the game from a sort of wide receiver and quarterback perspective, and people were screaming for him to make the team. Now, I think as good as he did in preseason and all the rest, um, and as well as that, you know what, it's about your history with the team. So Joe Callahan was kind of kept around because he dug the Packers out when A-Rod got an injury that time, and he was seen to make sort of a valiant effort, and he was like Uncle Rico. He'd make some unbelievable throws from time to time, and that's kind of what we see with Tim Boyle. However, I don't think you're sort of you're made or broken in the preseason. So I think Kumaro is a guy who has a lot of hype about. He's catching absolutely everything. He's running crisp, good routes, and I think that's stacked up against the fact that we actually have genuine, naive uh, rookies who just don't know what they're doing effectively yet. You know, they're kind of fish out of water and they have the best quarterback in the game throwing the ball to them. You know, it's it's difficult for them to rub against stiffer competition. Um, I think for a, a mm-hmm. man like Kumaro, he's done well. So now for him, if he does it in the preseason game, that means something. And that's why Aaron Rodgers was visibly running up and down the sideline, pump, fist pumping and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Now, I think for a guy like um, Valla Scantling, 
you know, he more yards than any other wide receiver, had a dynamite night or whatever. However, he's dropping everything yeah, in practice. He's seen himself. Yeah, that's the 100 or 101, right? right? So this is a player who has gone the opposite way. He's going out of his way almost in practice to drop balls um, and just have a, an absolute <laughs> nightmarish training camp. Yet he turns it on when it comes to the preseason game. Ryan, I don't know about you, but I don't think they're going to say, oh, he doesn't show it in practice, but he's going to make the roster solely because of his preseason performances because you're against a vanilla defense, third string you know, defenses, albeit you're catching from yeah. second, third string quarterbacks. But I think... You can take a lot from the preseason, but also nothing. Yeah, I mean, this is the problem. When it gets down to the, uh, particularly the fourth quarter in these games, that's where you have to be careful about the stats you're looking at because potentially you're up against me on the defensive line, uh, you at cornerback, Scotty Mann at linebacker, <laughs> and, uh, you know, Tom Coles at safety. And all respect to those players because they're all great players. You know, <laughs> you've got a little bit of talent. You should be able to put 101 yards up against those guys. Yeah. So. You know, that, that's where you kind of have to try and weigh it up a little bit. But at the end of the day, you can't do anything more than go on the field and beat those guys in front of you. So yeah. I'm now probably validating your statement of they mean everything and nothing at all. Mm. So I like that. That that should be that should be our preseason theme. Everything <laughs> but nothing. And do you know what? It's a nice like little it. throwaway phrase and you can say, Well, I thought you meant everything. No, no, that part means nothing. This part means everything so Vala Scantling 101 yards five receptions looks like he had a dynamite um game but then when you look at you know he had a long of 51 so for those other four receptions you're talking about 50 yeah, yards which kind of makes know, a chunk of it yeah it, it kind of puts it into perspective and then of course we heard about Equinemius St. Brown uh four receptions um you know a long of 28 61 yards was upset um with him well I think actually he was okay but Jamon Moore sorry was the player um three receptions um, an average of nine yards uh, he had a long of nine um, 27 yards and he was sitting there with his headphones in after um, you know pretty upset Didn't he was waving the media away and I'm kind of thinking there's certain stuff like I look back sometimes at some of the stuff that I've done you know I got you know stuff that I've wore and photos or just something that I've said and it comes back to me and for like two three years after I did it I was like no no I had a reason and blah 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 but the older you get and the more you look back and I always said I'd never regret anything. But then you look back and you're like, what in the name of dear baby Jesus was I thinking? Oh, God. And you're standing in the shower, you're driving to work and you think about it and you nearly crash the car or, you know, you want to turn the shower down to just cold and sit there and cringe. And it's just so bad. And that, that that's why I think that's one of these moments that it's just a young guy moment to be sitting there as a rookie, mm -hmm. to be waving people away, especially when you are supposed to be you know, far ahead of ESB and V MVS, let's call them. You know, and to be sitting there waiting for people away. They yeah, sound they sound like a good English bitter, doesn't it? <laughs> you know, you, especially if you drink um, any uh, Fuller's beers, they're generally called ESBs and and something and uh, HSB and all this. So yeah, they sound. Somebody should open a packer pub in England and have two ales called EVS and whatever the other one was. <laughs> it sounds like it sounds like an ESB. Illness. Oh, he ran to the toilet. He's got that EVS. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, yeah, or a law firm. Firm. But you know what? ESB <laughs> is the electricity supply board here in Ireland. It's actually an electric company. <laughs> so you kind of think, all right, if, it, oh. if all else fails, he'd become a Sparks. Um, but the Titans game then, I mean, what stood out for you? Do, you? do you believe in the hype that it was the quarterbacks going against each other? Do you think that's a foregone conclusion that we go with Hundley um, and that Kaiser is nice and you know, he's mobile? Wide receiver, I mean, is is it locked up with Kumaro, you know, or do you think these young lads, does Trevor Davis get the boot 
yeah, Oren Barks played a good game, sort of Reggie Gilbert. We know that you're very high on him. Well, yeah, I mean, Reggie Gilbert, I think I said at the start of last season, uh, he'll be the guy to make it. He'll be a surprise this year, and then I don't think he barely played, but he got activated <laughs> later in the year, if I remember. Yeah. Um, so I was basically just one year too early, so hipster. Um, <laughs> I think generally, um, with, with in terms of performances, Oren Brooks, yes, did have a good game, and we need him to because, obviously, as you know, Jake Ryan, um, unfortunately, is out. Um which probably takes us on to whether we're going to be uh, trading for somebody, but we'll talk about that in a minute. Um, there were some really good performances out there. I did think the receivers uh, did well, the ones that did flash, so the guys we've already spoke about. Um, the quarterbacks, it's an interesting one. I I think I think Aaron Rodgers is just going to shade it to the number one spot. Um, and then <laughs> uh, Kaiser, for me, Kaiser will be two. Although we need to see him play. But for me, you don't trade. And I know we didn't give away a lot, but we still gave away a player. And, and I think a conditional pick, if I remember, um, for a guy. Why do that? If, if you really, truly think, as Mick McCarthy said, uh, Mike McCarthy. <laughs> why do I always say that? Mick McCarthy, I'm back to doing that. I just love him. You know, Irish manager, great. Yeah, um, the, the English Irish manager. Once upon a time. Yeah. So... Um, to Mike McCarthy saying all last year, you know, we believe in the guy, he'll be ready, blah, blah, blah. Depends how much they still believe in him. I, 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 I like the guy. Wasn't particularly impressed with him last year, but he was kind of thrown in it. People say, was he thrown in it? He should be ready. He is the backup. I kind of agree with all that as well. Um, but you'd have to think Kaiser can come in. And, and Kaiser, remember, was on a terrible football team with essentially only Joe Thomas trying to block for him because the other guys were kind of wandering around in circles. So let's put him in behind a, a decent O-line. You might see that he's got a lot more than what he's previously shown. Mm. Um, and then the problem is for the problem is for um, Hundley is that we've probably now lost any trade value in him. Mm. So he either makes the roster or he probably gets cut. And, and that's unfortunate. It's very hard to see what difference... You know, anything that these guys can do at this stage or is it all just a foregone conclusion? We've kind of seen that with the quarterback room um, as it was, you know, sticking with Joe Callahan, knock on with Taysom Hill when, you know, and the likes with Hundley and, and all the rest. Like, it kind of seems like, I don't know, that they, they did the Hundley project and it didn't work. But then we see his comments after the preseason game saying it's all slowing down for me now. And, you know, and like two years ago, he was great in the preseason, voted preseason MVP. Then he picks up the injury last preseason. Um, and then this time he just couldn't handle it. And it's very hard to gauge. Again, this whole, it means everything and nothing at all. It's very hard to gauge someone, you know, against these type of defenses, albeit that these are still the top 5% in the country who actually make it to the NFL, with some of them obviously going to be cut. Um, I don't know. I don't know how to take it. I, I think, I don't know. If, like, for instance, you can't really look into stuff because Tim Boyle had a sensational uh, quarterback rating over 100, whereas Hundley and Kaiser didn't. And then you have to look at the Kaiser trade. Mm -hmm. I mean, I know that they, that, you know, they, they traded for, for him. And apparently the rumor was that they were very high on him if he was still going to be there when he was drafted initially. Um, but then they got rid of Demarius Randall, who seemed like kind of an upsetting force in the locker room. And we see them cut ties with the likes of Josh Sitton, uh, for rumours like that before. So it's very hard to know what value yeah. they actually place in Kaiser, you know? The Randall one's a real shame for me because, and I know he didn't have his best season last year, let's say, but 
it's a shame for me because I guess for my first ever Packers game, he was the guy that won the game. Uh, yeah. So my first Packers game that I went to was against the Chargers, um, where Philip Rivers somehow managed to throw 400 yards against us and still lose. But it was because Demarius Randall um, got up and blocked that pass or defended that pass in the corner of the uh, at the front corner of the end zone. So for me, he was kind of a player that was always a favourite of mine just because of that moment. Mm. Um, but I think for him as well, he probably needed to move on, get a fresh scene. So I think it was probably good all round. But it's going to be a tough one. I think the to look at another position battle, we probably haven't touched on just yet, but th- there's going to be a lot of people vying for a job at outside linebacker. Yeah. Um, you know, people like Kyla Fackrell really kind of need to show us their, it's going to sound really harshest, but show us that they're worth still being on the roster. We've been waiting a long time now. It's time to show us something. Um, you have got the likes of Reggie Gilbert. You have got the likes of uh, Vince Beagle, who didn't really get to get going last year. You know, there's going to be other people around. There's going to be undrafted guys. You know, there'll be people about to try and take their jobs. So you could see the linebacker core again being another interesting battle to watch. Yeah, and the rumour has it um, that Fackerl has fell down the pecking order already with uh, the showing that Oren Burks uh, made in that preseason game because he's getting the regular snaps now, whereas Kyler Fackerl was, was getting those last week. It's very hard to judge the Mike Pettin defence, I think, off that one um, game because seven starters sat out the game. Um, you know, we've Kevin King, we haven't got a, a look at him yet. Jair Alexander, we haven't had a look at him yet because of injury. But you mentioned it earlier, and I guess we should bring up the the elephant in the room here, Khalil Mack. The odds are that we sit. <laughs> it's happening. It's well. Let's talk about it. So, would you agree with the bookies that the Packers are have higher odds? There's a one in four chance that the Packers land Khalil Mack over the one in five chance that his current team, the Oakland Raiders, end up bringing him back to the roster. Um, do we do head and heart on this? Uh, you know, does it make sense monetary wise, Ryan? Yeah, um, I suppose. Yeah, what's what's your feeling on this, buddy? I guess the one issue I've got with will he stay with his current team? It kind of seems broken. Whatever's gone on there. Um, there's reports mm. I was reading that John Gruden and him haven't even spoke. Um, there, uh, there's been comments from the Oakland Raiders camp over over the summer that there's certain players they do want to move on. Um, why it would be him, I don't know, because let's face it, he's one of the best at his position in the league. Um, he's without doubt a top five in his position in the league. Mm. So would he come to Green Bay? Now, if you're asking me this last off season with a uh, good old double T's, then it probably, you know, <laughs> Is that what you we're calling be, them, double T's? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know where that come from. It's just you went with D back earlier, so I thought we were trying to sort of hip hop things up. Gmo. Um Yeah, so... I tried. Uh, we'll go back to Ted Thompson. Um, so if you're asking me under that, that uh, I nearly said regime, but that makes it sound very political, <laughs> under that leadership, um, then I'd have said, uh, you know, why are you even asking me? This is Ted Thompson. There is something new this year. Gun Christ has uh, kind of said they're interested. There's obviously the connections between the Raiders office and the Green Bay office. Mm. So the pro- the problem is, there's a lot of people giving it hype. So as you look around Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, there's a lot of big names in terms of the uh, journalists uh, and different media outlets that are actually giving this fuel. Now, obviously, cynical side of you says that's because they sell articles and sell papers. D- does anyone buy papers anymore? But I guess they're selling papers, if that's still a thing. Yeah. Um, or subscriptions to online newspaper accounts. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So all that's going on. So yes, you can be cynical. You need a big headline to sell things. It could just be that. But there seems to, it feels this time around there's something more to it. I mean, um, I read an article earlier because a lot of people have said there's just simply not the cap space and the money at the Green Bay Packers to be able to do this. Um, and largely I would agree because we're, we're kind of thinking about our own players at the moment. We've got to get a lot of people sorted out our end, including number 12. So, yeah. but if you go on to, um, there's a great article on cheeseheadtv.com um, and they kind of break out about nine different scenarios in which you can actually make it work. Now, obviously they've got access to some sort of numbers which you can find in different places. You can work out what sort of salary cap hits and, and, and what contracts people are on and so on. And they've done all the hard work for you. You can go and read all those scenarios. So it could happen. Um, will it happen? I probably think not. Um, but it would make us one hell of a defensive force. I mean, the, he is the type of player, if you brought him in, could have that team-changing effect on defence just for that one player. He, he is that kind of player for me. Yeah, certainly. And look, the reason that people are saying it is is that the bookies are saying it and are they ever wrong um you know we've two first round picks next year we need an edge rusher um they talk about uh you know brian gudekunst and reggie mckenzie who's the raiders gm having that relationship and they can talk about it um yeah but obviously the question marks being aaron Rodgers' upcoming monster contract can they make room but again like you said cheesehead tv are going to break down i believe our good friend um at the power sweep also breaks down the khalil mack thing saying that it's not as unbelievable as you think it is um and as well as that we play the oakland raiders in the third preseason game so i wonder if we go up there will there be a you know sort of i don't know baller style conversation yeah meet me in the car park and they get down to the car park and everyone has an old chat but like you said i mean john gruden not speaking to khalil mack um is an odd odd one really the fact that they're not even willing to bridge it which sort of makes you think that maybe what he's asking for versus what they're willing to pay is so far apart that actually mm -hmm. these reports that he could move on, there's a bit of credence there. But I've thought of it another way, and this is something that really struck me. When I watched the presser and they asked him about Khalil Mack, the correct, I feel, response if you work for a PR company is to say, if they ask you, and we see this in English Premier League soccer all the time, if they ask you about a player who's contracted to another club, the only thing that you are allowed to say is... He's a great player. I appreciate what he does, but I can't talk about another player that belongs to a different club. And that's the number one thing you hear Jose Mourinho coming out and say, by and large, Arsene Wenger when he was in the game, you know, any of the 17 managers a year they have for Chelsea. So you'll hear them come out and say stuff like that, like I can't talk about it. Now, I find that Brian Gutekunst is trying so hard to push the agenda that nothing's off the table, right? Now, we saw that to a degree, didn't we, Ryan? You know, the signing of Jimmy Graham and, um, you know, the letting go of Jordy Nelson and sort of big decisions that have been made. But you'd sort of call to question, uh, there was an awful lot of opportunities to sign, you know, pretty well-rounded safeties because the safety, the arse fell out of the market and the same for cornerbacks when we were screaming for cornerbacks and all the rest. And he didn't go out and do it, right? Now he's saying the best interest of the organization and obviously he's looking at the contract stuff. Now what strikes me about Brian Gunnikons, and this is kind of my angle is, is that we all hear the stories of the Reggie, the white phone call, you know, when he rings him up and says God call and all the rest. I wonder, does Gutekunst want to push that? It, first off, he's pushing the agenda that nothing's off the table. We're always going to have that conversation. And I feel like if you watch that interview, and I, I, if you're listening to this now, definitely go back and watch that interview with Brian Gutekunst because I feel he puts his foot in his mouth because he says that and then he realizes 
oh no, that's he's with a different team and he's contracted there at the minute. So then he turns around at the very end and goes, oh, but the, at the same time, he's contracted to a different team. So really, I can't really talk about it. And you're kind of like, well, you just did. You're after saying that you <laughs> will have that conversation. you know. And then he says, oh, but no, I won't though yeah. at the same time. It's so, like, it's like that thinking, PR guy was stood to the side going, like no no stop stop, stop. stop. <laughs> yeah. and he ends there he goes right see you folks and then leaves and i wonder did he go into the halls behind and go oh god damn it what did i just do and again it blows up into a story but here's here's the deal does brian goodkunst want that reggie white moment does he want that to get down in you know not infamy obviously in, in sort of folklore does he want to make that trade make it happen make it work with a rod's contract and has is this the moment where you know this legacy and dynasty could fall into Gudekunz's lap? Because we all talk, don't we, about though he's going to have to find a, a quarterback replacement for Aaron Rodgers, you know, like Ted Thompson did with Brett Favre. Is this the moment that they get in Khalil Mack? They create a ridiculous defense, a ridiculous offense. Albeit, let's see how these Wookie, Wookie, these Wookie wide receivers—they're like wide receivers, but just hairy. They would be terrible. Um, so they would be terrible. They would be really bad. So yeah. let's see. Um, the celebrations will be epic, though. Um, but that's the thing is that let's see what <laughs> what happens here with this type of legacy thing. But does he care about what the image of him is? Like he's trying to push every conversation is on the table, and does he make it happen? Would you place the bet with? Uh, you know, one 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 of the four chance, one to four chance of um, getting Khalil Mack. Would you put your money down? Would you put fifty quid on that? Right. Well, uh, look, I'm going to take a side step there um, because the last <laughs> time I put a bet on was, and this is how long ago it was. It was Zat Knight to score first for Fulham in a game that they won five one, and Zat Knight scored second. And then my friend <laughs> says to me, "Why don't you just put him on to score at any time?" And I said, "Can you do that?" That was the last bet I got. <laughs> But yeah. because we're talking hypothetically, um, do you know what? I would put £10 on it. Right. <laughs> so there you because go. Because home look, improvements. There you go. Yeah, because I can't say I wouldn't because I've just said I think it could happen. But look, let's face it. If it could happen, it would make a huge difference. It would be a Reggie White type moment. And it would be, I guess, the making of the new GM. So it would definitely be a, an attitude of we're competing now. I mean, most most areas on the team are kind of there or thereabouts. They're, I mean, we could do with a bit more depth on the O-line. We need to figure out what the, what the what's going on at the linebacker core. Um, our secondary, if some of them picks can come off and some of the guys from pre- previous years can, can get it together, then the secondary is kind of stacked. But I, I realise it's more at this point potential than it is a home run. Um, D-line's good on defence. So really we just need that guy. And if you bring in Khalil Mack, guess who that frees up? Clay Matthews, if he isn't part of a deal to get in Khalil Mack. So look, yeah, it's a very, very much a Madden video game moment at this point. Um, <laughs> but it's certainly one that I, there's not one Green Bay fan out there that wouldn't want this to happen. It really could be as big as the Reggie White type moment. Yeah, I think so. Look at his stats. 2015, 15 sacks, two forced fumbles. 2016, monster year. Um, 11 sacks, five forced fumbles. And 2017, 10 and a half sacks, one forced fumble. So he's a disruptive force. And I think if you look at our defensive line now with Mo Wilkerson, Mike Daniels, Kenny Clark, oh, just how absolutely terrifying that'd be. It'd be like the time when they had the Gravedigger and 
and all the rest when he turned around on the podcast before and said that he could see the O-lines they were up against look at these lads walk towards him and go this is on <laughs> dear Jesus what are we going to do <laughs> um, watershed moment um, but let's get on to Packers Steelers now there's not you know there's not a whole lot that we want to get on to and start you know oh well I think this player is going to have a great game but it just there are some notable things with this I guess Jair Alexander likely to make his debut Aaron Jones might see playing time as well out for injury they want to get him some playing time before that suspension kicks in they're playing at a Lambo uh, first time we played the Steelers here um, in preseason since 1996 and then we might see A-Rod and Jimmy Graham potentially making um, a showing with Mike McCarthy coming out and saying you know what better opposition you want to use those opportunities so definitely worth a watch if that is the case you know and if you're staying up late yeah. I guess you know stay up for the first 10-15 minutes and then all the starters will leave get a you know <laughs> cup of hot cocoa yeah. and all the rest of You'd the boys finish dominoes yeah <laughs> exactly yeah. Yeah. okay definitely. so look I've got one question for you for yeah because there's not a great deal in talking too in depth about it yeah we should hopefully see a few more players get involved um but give me a player then, and I am putting you on the spot in good old podcast fashion. Give me a player whose stock whose stock you think will rise after this game and whose stock you think will go through the floor after this game. Um, I reckon through the floor, maybe because people are getting overexcited about him, is maybe Valda Scantling. I think he'll be battling Ooh. and he'll be against better opposition. He had a standout that. game the last time. And I reckon that he's not going to see it. Now, on the flip side, and I don't want to be too boring with it because I'm going to pick another player apart from this, but notable mention, I guess, will be Jamon Moore. Uh, you know, a guy who sat there disappointed, waving reporters away. He's going to have a chip on his shoulder. Uh, we all see what he's able to do in training camp. So I reckon he has to have a better showing. Um, and I think someone who, I am i don't know how he's going to perform, but certainly he's had an absolute nightmarish training camp. Um, is Josh Jackson. You know, the guy gets too handsy, he's going to get flagged. So, you know, I'm wondering, will his stock rise in this game? Because will he bring the physicality? Uh, will he not get penalised as everyone expects him to get penalised? Um, and I guess, I don't know, I'm picking about a billion players, but notable mention to Jair Alexander. You know, do they play him on the slot? Do they try put him outside um, to see what he can do there as well? And what are the opposition going to be like? Because he seems to be kind of a standout player. Um, for me any of those players for you Ryan or are you going sort of more left the field um, with some other guys Who who's your risers and fallers um, okay so I'll, I'll remind you of the rules for next time it was one player in each <laughs> position but it's okay we'll, we'll let you bend it slightly this time um, right, for me uh, stock that's going to rise after this game uh, Vince Beagle and yeah. basically I'm going to stick with him because I think I predicted on a draft podcast that we'd take him uh, and obviously he's a Wisconsin guy so it's not just that as well, but we kind of need him. Mm. We need him to come out of the blocks and show us show us what he did uh, at Wisconsin and, and try and put it on on the field with a green and gold on. So I'm going to go for him over the game. He's the type of player that should see plenty of field um, in this game. So hopefully we'll see a big moment from him. Um, if we're looking at a guy that will fall for me, even possibly even further than he might have done already after the first game, is the lineman Bell. Yeah, um, I've seen a few reports saying that he didn't do particularly well, and and as we've said already, you know, Balaga, yes, he's coming back. Maxiari, injury concerns. We need depth on the line. You know, we need these guys to step up. And I'm not going to be. I'm not an O line expert. You know, it's very easy for me to say, well, somebody got passed, or mm. should be easy to just block. You know, I, I can't analyze it. But the guys that have, if you if you read about it, that they. they they weren't too impressed with his first showing. So he's going to have to come in and, and, and sort of 
really have a big moment for me in this one. And uh, if he doesn't, then he's going to fall even further down the depth chart, I guess. Yeah, true. The guy who was credited with that, um, they call it an interception. You know, that ball that got lofted up into the air with Hundley. They said that wasn't Hundley's fault. And then, of course, people are coming out saying he should have been more aware. Um, but yeah, Byron Bell certainly getting the stick for that. <laughs> yeah, so de- definitely worth setting up for, I think. Um, anyway, I guess this is the end of the analysis part and some like fun little stuff at the end uh, Rhino so we've got a couple of things to mention one an exclusive item that's going on sale a limited number um, the 1919 club is going to be back and we've uh, prizes to announce for that uh, but first before I guess if you want to delve feet first into those um, the trip so I know I've been mentioning it every day or every day well yeah every day I've done a podcast um, is that it, look we stopped taking bookings on August uh, 17th Friday so you've only got a couple of days now to book the trip there is a guy waiting there cash in hand um, to book the trip to the Miami game which is the group trip the other games which is the LA game and the Pats game they're both just offers and um, which there will be an awful lot of UK Packers members there um, but unfortunately Ryan between flying around to different countries um, and also doing up the house um, he can't go so I'll be heading over on that Miami trip so that's what makes it the group trip that we go on every year um, so again if you're on the fence or if you're looking to nab a last minute holiday there's a guy waiting to do two person sharing we could do that thing where you can book and then they just pair you with somebody but because it's so late in the game now you can only book if you have a person to pair with and there is someone there waiting we sent out a newsletter um and uh, right i won't ramble on membership numbers uh we're sending them out in batches again we're gearing up for the new season we've got an awful lot of a of a big batch in there lately we got them out to people and uh look we're looking for more members you get those membership benefits um you get emailed with any offers and all the rest of that type of stuff so do get your name in but rhino 1919 club always went down really really well and uh, we're going to kick start it again and an exclusive item do you want to tell the good folks out there what to expect yeah so yeah starting with 1919 club then obviously we want to get them draws back on track and uh, we're going to try something new for us which is a, a winner's choice so we're going to start with uh, i think three items there'll be a choice of three items for the first prize and then there'll be the usual second and third place prize of, of signed photographs. Um, but the three items, should, should we announce the three items now as to what they're going to oh, be? I think we should, wet the appetite. They're all, right. Okay, so they're all signed footballs, okay? So we have a Jared Cook one, which you imagine, yes, he was only a short time in Green Bay, but, you know, that, that catch on the sideline against the Cowboys will forever be in the history. You know, nobody's going to forget that, and uh, especially not Skip Bayless. And... Um, <laughs> I think we've got a, a Josh Jackson one. Josh Jones. Um, a guy. Sorry. That's right. How many times have I got his name wrong tonight? <laughs> so, sorry. A Josh Jones one, um, which is, you know, these are all nice signatures. And we've got the Jake Ryan side football. Um, so we're going to get that done. Um, I don't think we've even discussed uh, tickets and, and how many we're going to do. We're probably just going to open it up, let it fill, and, and then fill the prizes accordingly. Um, so we're going to get that sorted. So they're going to start again. We've got plenty of items there. If you haven't seen the shop, go and have a look at the shop. There's plenty of items in there. Signed jerseys, signed footballs, signed pictures. Mm. Uh, I don't think there's anything else signed yet. There were some helmets, but they went. Brett Favre helmets, they've gone. Yeah, I suppose we have that um, Bart Star mini helmet, don't we? Which is an absolute ooh, exclusive item. Yes. Yeah. Bart Star's in there, which is a tough one. Um, to be fair, it's a shame you remembered about that because I was going to steal it. Um, <laughs> but taking us on to another item, we've managed to get some... Uh, we had a few of you guys wanting the 100 Seasons patches to go on the jerseys. 
um, and they're a really nice touch. I've got a, an Aaron Campman jersey from the 75th, I think, 75th anniversary. Can't remember if that was. I can't remember what it was a 75th anniversary of, but it was. A, it's got a 75 on the badge anyway. It's really cool addition to have on your jersey. So we've managed to get some. We do have limited stock at the moment. I think we currently have 23 or 22 in the shop. So they will go fairly quick. They're a great price. They're only 9.99 for a patch. Now they are iron on or sew on. Yes, yeah. the choice is there. My suggestion is you iron it on. And then you sew it on as well. Because by the time you put it through the washer a few times or played football in it or spilt beer over the front or whatever, the iron-on thing works and it's great. But obviously for longevity, if I was you, I'd sew it on. Um, so I wonder how many people out there can actually sew. I was always kind of... I was just thinking about that because I was kind of good at sewing, but I could never tie it off. So after about a week, it kind of all work its way back out. <laughs> but it was all right if you needed to just do something up there and then. But... I'm getting off track. So we've got those in the shop. They're they're live. They're in there now. They're ready to be bought. Um, we've actually already had a purchase. So somebody got in there quick today and noticed it was there before we even came on and did the podcast. So um, hopefully there's some left by the time this goes out. Yeah. No, definitely. We have to nab ourselves one. And we've got a limited number of those. Um, if they sell really well, well, then we'll, we can get some more in. But... The expectation is that when they're gone, they're gone. Not a marketing ploy. We're a fan club, not a business. I'm just saying. Um, because trying to get them in is a bit of a pain in the bum. Um, but also breaking news as we record the podcast. Uh, the NFL game between Seattle and Oakland on October 14th has been moved to Wembley. So anybody going to the International Series games, uh, keep that in mind. That's a shock. Mm. Yeah. Um, cool. So that's the podcast, Rhino. It's been an absolute pleasure uh, coming back. How was it for you? First day back in the podcast office? It was like a new day at work, my friend. But uh, by the end of it, you know, we'd all eaten donuts and drunk plenty of coffee. Sounds like a great day work. <laughs> Sounds like a fantastic <laughs> day work. You need to come to my office. So I guess that's uh, from at the NFL on Twitter. Follow the group at UK Packers. Make sure you follow us on Instagram where we're banging out the memes. Um, at UK Packers, would you believe? Facebook at UK Packers we haven't changed the name and also there's a private group on Facebook that we haven't mentioned actually Ryan that's something that we didn't mention and we probably should mention on the next podcast there's massive national anthem kneeling controversy on the private Facebook group even for curiosity if you want to get in and take a look by all means do and yeah. you'll be pure shocked just quickly on that people are allowed to have different opinions true Free, freedom there of speech there we go that's all I'm saying that's all you're saying for now yeah um, that's exactly what it's about yeah. <laughs> it's pretty scandalous so I'm from me old buddy me old pal at Ryan Peacock NFL that's goodbye for this week see you next Monday <laughs>